All righty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Modcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry, with your co-host, Tyler Bedson. Tyler, what kind of animal do you feel like today? Chris, I'm going to go back to my roots today. Okay. I'm going back to my, my first animal we ever selected, which is a three-toed sloth. Okay. After a very long weekend of weddings and trying to relax, I've been moving slow today. So I am back in sloth, sloth nature yeah. is what I call it. Yeah, that's good. I um try to morph away from being a sloth as I have been into like a, like a jackrabbit or something. Had a, been out of town for funerals and a lot of other not fun stuff. And I'm trying to like get back in the swing of being a productive human yet again. So that's where I'm at. Oh yeah. I know how so. funerals go, man. There's always a ton of stuff going on and you got to kind of like cater to family. Uh, so it's, it's kind of hard to, to stay on a complete schedule with something like a, a celebration of life because, you know, I feel like it always involves uh, food and events and it, it's yeah. just really hard to be selfish in a, in a time like that. Yeah. I kind of, I definitely needed it in a certain regard. Um, and I, I made a post about it earlier this week where I think I finally hit that wall of post-show depression um, where uh, I don't know if I just like tried to redirect or whatever, not process as much as I needed to after the show. But like I just got to a point where bodybuilding felt like a chore, sticking to a meal plan felt like a chore posting on social media felt like a chore. Like yeah. I wasn't enjoying any, literally any aspect of my day. And I felt anxious all the time about posting. Like I'm not posting enough, whatever. Cause obviously that's like how I feel a lot of my business. And then also like, I have to look a certain way in order to continue to attract a certain demographic of people. So I just got to this point where it was like hurting me way more than it was helping me. And I would tell myself like, okay, like I'm going to like, relax this weekend and Monday I'll get back on track and Monday would come and I'd be like, I don't want to fucking do this. Yeah. And I kept doing it like week after week after week. And I felt like I was trying to push my body. My body wasn't responding. And then obviously these unforeseen tragic life events have occurred. And I, I just was like, I'm not, I'm putting this away. Right. So, well, um, it's, but it's helped me. I think in a certain degree, like yeah. I, I needed to be there for loved ones. I needed to be there for them. I've been to the gym, like, twice in the last couple of weeks i haven't overeaten and that's something i was like i was talking to barbie about or yesterday was like like i haven't been binge eating like i've there there, yeah. there have been more times in the last two weeks that i've just stopped eating when i was full versus feeling like i had to finish everything that was on the plate which i was obviously still struggling with post-show so now i'm to the point today where like today is the first day where i'm trying to get back in the saddle very gradually yeah. and I'm excited. I'm actually excited for it where like last week I started to miss it, but I told myself I needed like mm -hmm. force myself to miss this for like a few more weeks or a few more days, excuse yeah. me. So I'm kind of like to that point now where I'm like, okay, let's ease back into it. You know? So, um, that's kind of where I'm at, man. It's been, it's been a trying couple of weeks for me for sure. Definitely kicked me in the dick yeah. a little bit. So well, I'll tell you, it's it's funny because I was at that wedding this past weekend and uh, you made that post um, a couple days ago. You know, it was the first time you really made a post in a while. But 
something you said in there resonated with quite a bit of people, man. And I will tell you, it was uh, your last words in that statement. You said, I love bodybuilding. I just don't love it today. Yeah. And I don't know how many people I could, I could think of three off the top of my head that came up to me, you know, that have won overalls in the past or have done bodybuilding in some way very successfully. And they said that really hit me. You know, I, you know, I, I feel that I feel that. And I think a lot of people have felt that. And a lot of people just don't speak outwardly about it. They try to make themselves seem like I'm tough all year round. I don't go through shit, you know, and everybody goes through stuff. Um, and, you know, sometimes bodybuilding does have to take a back seat. And that's just the fact of the matter. You know, like uh, my mom's birthday celebration was yesterday. And, you know, I, I've learned more and more as I've gotten older and matured that it's okay to go like celebrate an event with family. It's okay to live a little and it's okay to, you know, put others first sometimes and put yourself yeah. second. You know, like I was in the wedding this past weekend. I made sure that I was available the entire time. If my my best friend wanted me to have a drink with him, I'm going to have a drink with him. You know, yeah. and I, I I really think what you said resonated, though. You yeah, we all love bodybuilding. We all love fitness. It's just some days it's tougher than others. Yeah, I think I think for me, it's it's one of those things like it it really like I had that revelation when I was typing that out. Right. So I was trying to make sense of a lot of this because like ultimately, like a, like I said, a lot of life stuff has transpired in the last few weeks and like bodybuilding for a majority of my existence has been my rock, right? It's been my foundation. Mm -hmm. It's been my anchor. And then like, then it wasn't right. Like I just didn't yeah. like, I would show up to the gym and be like, I don't want to fucking be here. Or like, I don't, whatever it may be. Like it just like my, my why, like I lost it. And then it was like a lot of my identity and purpose is attached to that. Right. It's not, all encompassing yeah. like it used to be right like when i was 18 and i didn't have a worry in the world bodybuilding was all that i was right and that's all i wanted to be but as like i've grown and become like an adult and like have other responsibilities and other obligations in this life my value system has changed where last week i didn't give two shits about a, a meal plan or a tupperware bowl or anything like that because i have loved ones that I need to look after, right? Like, yeah. and myself that I need to look after and whatever it may be. And I think that's the important thing. I think we both have, it's one of those things, dude, like I didn't, like I made a, I, I did a Q and a last week and someone asked about like dieting around holidays, unless I'm in show prep, I don't care anymore about like eating around Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever it may be. Cause at the end of the day, dude, like losing loved ones in recent years, I just care about being present now because I wasn't for a long time. Right. Yeah. And there's balance. Right. And that's the hardest thing. That's, that's something that I've, I've struggled with my entire existence is understanding balance and portion control and all that shit. Right. I'm very much an extremist. I've only see and feel things in the most adverse ways. And so for me, it's like, I can be all in for a show prep for, eight months, nine months, whatever it may be. Like my longest prep was 33 weeks, but then I have to step away and I'm, I have to yeah. learn that I have to step away and I have to learn that because 
once we got done with the show, I was like, okay, back in the bullshit. Let's get this figured out. I've got improvements I need to make yesterday. Let's get it going. I should have taken a week or two off. I should have taken maybe three weeks off, right? But I was just immediately was like trying to go back to the neuro, like neurotic obsessiveness that I can can possess. But I just ran it way too fucking far. And I just got to the point where I was like, I need a fucking break, dude. Well, um, that that's what I try to do, man. Is like you know, in my opinion, after show should be focused on getting health markers back to a good spot, and then I often try to you know for myself and for clients, I try to even plan a vacation or a break, and you know, a vacation doesn't have to be you going anywhere, you know, or going on like an excessive, expensive trip. A vacation can just be a break from the gym. Like I don't know how many times I've told clients whenever they give me certain feedback to just be like. Hey, let's go and take three or four days straight off. And I don't want you to do any cardio. I don't want you to go to the gym. And sometimes I tell them I don't even want them to diet. I just want them, you know, eat intuitively and go enjoy a few meals. And sometimes that reset is like all somebody needs. Sometimes though, man, you could need a couple weeks. There's many pros that I know of that, you know, take three or four weeks off. Like I remember William Bonac made a post about how he took like, I think it was like six straight weeks off after the last Olympia. And, you know, he didn't train, he didn't diet. And he enjoyed time with his family and his kids and his wife. And then after that six weeks was up, he was more than ready and excited to get back in the gym and go back into doing what he needs to do. But, you know, that that's even, you know, considered one of the top five bodybuilders in the world. And he's telling people, hey, I took six weeks off from the gym. Yeah. Which which, which that should tell a lot of people like, hey, you, you can you can do this. <laughs> so so I, this is me like just being entirely transparent and vulnerable about how the last two weeks have gone. I have not. I've trained maybe twice in two weeks. I have not done cardio. I have drank with loved ones like over the weekend. I eating like maybe no like twice a day right because whenever whenever i'm emotionally unstable is the best way to put it i don't eat i forget to eat all day i don't have an appetite or i just get sick when i do eat and i took check-ins today to make myself look at myself and i haven't fallen apart i haven't withered away i haven't gotten fat because i didn't binge eat for three weeks i just didn't really eat for three weeks i didn't you know what i mean like like I haven't done my TRT. Like I've dude, I've just not given a fucking shit. Right. And it's like, I looked at myself today and I was like, I look fine. And that's why I'm excited is because I haven't necessarily regressed in certain ways. Like my body looks less inflamed than it has in weeks. So like, I think it was what my body was asking me to do. And now the goal moving into this next phase is how much can progress can I make with this little, drastic change as possible. So it's like, I'm going to train three days this week. I'm training Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm going to try to eat four meals a day. I'm going to drink my water. I'm going to go on a walk. And that's the only things that I'm going to fucking change this week to see what happens. I'm not going to go back to five days of training and cardio and all that. Like, cause again, it's like, I have to get, I have to start climbing the mountaintop. I can't just skip to the peak, which is where I was at yeah. during show prep. Right. But I continue to look back at every show prep that I've done, dude. And this is where, this is why 
I share the shit that I do on my social media is because nobody talks about this stuff, right? And granted, I'm like probably a little too introspective for my own good. And I'm definitely a little bit of a head case, but I've done four shows now. I've won two overalls and I've lost two shows. And I have felt the same walking away from every show. I have not gotten any gratification from winning necessarily. That being said, the same feeling that I get after every show, I get depressed, dude, like a motherfucker. Yeah. After every show, it does not matter how good or how bad I do. Now, this last one was a little bit different. There's a little bit more attached to it that I'm processing. But because I, again, am insanely consumed when I prep for a show and then it's gone, then what do I do? Yeah. Right. And that's the hard part. And that's what a lot of people aren't prepared for because again, I love, I love bodybuilding. I hate bodybuilding. I equally, right. It, it plays both roles in my, in my life. And I still keep coming back to it at the end of the day and I choose yeah. to do it. And that's what we're going to talk about today too. I continue to choose to do it right for the majority of time. Yep. But it is, people don't realize the impact it can have on you in a negative manner. And I don't say that to discourage anybody from pursuing it. I say it just so people know that they can happen because when it happened to me, I was like, what the fuck? Like, like I said, yeah. dude, I won, I won the biggest show in my state at 20 years old for my first show. And then I gained 50 pounds in three weeks and I got depressed. And I was like, what is going on? This shouldn't happen. And it was because I didn't know that this can occur. Right. And so that's why I just like, I don't care to speak up, you know, and be like, Hey, I'm fucked up. You know what I mean? Cause that's where I'm at where it's like, this is, this is, this can be a very volatile thing because it is a game of a relationship with food, which I think is the most important relationship of your life, but also the relationship with your body image and just about everything. It's all encompassing. And it, it's yeah. like a very volatile thing. Yeah. That's what, like, you know, in my case, I have not competed since 2019. So yeah. it has officially been over three years since my last time on stage. And I knew after stepping off stage the last time that, you know, I remember I was going through a divorce. Um, I probably shouldn't have finished doing that prep in the first place. Um, I was getting, going through some major mental struggles with depression and everything like that. And you're right. I remember I finished doing that show and, you know, I had the trophy. I won first place in my class and I remember I came home and I was just lonely and I was yeah. like, what, what do I do now? And, you know, it's been three years away from stage and I still have times where I'm not, you know, completely motivated to do this. And, you know, I question why am I doing it? But I made a post the other day, you know, and it was like, I had so many people check in last week. And I think it's around like right between right at the end of summer going into fall is where a lot of people start to lose the motivation and all that. And they're like, how do you stay motivated? Because, you know, there's events going on. Uh, there's other stuff to do. There's holidays coming up. And, and I truthfully believe most people do not stay motivated year round. Um, you know, most people can say they do, but what it, what it does come down to is discipline, you know, and making correct decisions. Like you said, like you didn't overeat, you didn't binge eat whenever you're doing this, you had some drinks, you know, but overall 
did you fall off so hard that you wrecked progress for an entire you know month no um and that that's something to really think about is staying as disciplined as you can you know i could i could easily go out and get mcdonald's for every meal but i still choose to get some healthy options and even if like on my worst days i'm still going to try and eat my meals as much as i can yeah rather than you know falling off completely which is something i always tell people to think about i don't expect everybody to be 100% year round yeah but i expect you to make choices that are responsible to keep your goals in mind year round and, you know, sometimes that choice and your situation this past two weeks was to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. You know, simple as that, man. You didn't need to overconsume calories and go fall off the deep end. You just needed a break from the entire lifestyle for. Yeah. Because the way the way I describe it is like and, and listen, I am fortunate for the people that I have in my life, but I do have a lot of people who rely on me day to day. And Mm -hmm. that is something that I've chosen to take on as my livelihood is my athletes, my people, whoever, you know, that's the role I feel like I play in a lot of people's lives is they rely on me in certain regards. But it was like, I just got to the point where it felt like I was trying to hold up a lot of people and I had no foundation under me for myself where I was just like, I have to fucking just step away from this. You know what I mean? Like, And it's been tough, man. Like today, truthfully, is probably the first day that like my mental health is in a good place. Like I've been bad. Like I I will say truthfully, and again, I don't care to share this. Like the last two weeks have been probably the two worst weeks of my mental health that I can recall in years, Mm -hmm. like years, you know? I know for a fact, you know, with you, me and you talk almost every single day, right? Yeah. Throughout the day. And I know when something's wrong with you, whenever you don't respond, um, yeah. you know, cause you know me, I'm, I'm one that I check up on my friends, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm very adamant on, even if I don't get a response, I'm still going to go and send you another message. So yeah. and sometimes, you know, I know that may be your way of coping is just to shut down, uh, which this is the first time I've ever seen you like that. But yeah. what I've learned from you is, you know, you still climbed out of that hole, right? Yeah. You know, regardless of what happened, you still were like, you discovered, okay, I, I got to get myself out of this. I got to make it out. I can do this. And that that's many a times what, what's needed is you just got to hit that realization. Like I've got this. Yeah. I can get through this. Yeah. Dude, it's been tough, man. And you're right. That That is unfortunately kind of where, I tend to go is like when I'm struggling, I basically go into like this weird triage mode where I only like truthfully dude, like I only respond. I've only really been responding to my athletes emails and texts for the last two weeks as Mm -hmm. I can, but that's been it. Like as far as like any personal relationships, haven't really been talking to anybody else because like it's gotten to the point where it's, it becomes like difficult to just have conversation with anybody. Cause I'm just like, so yeah. stuck in my head. So like my phone's been on do not disturb for three weeks and I've deleted all of like social media off of my actual phone to where I can't just go click it. I have to go search for it so that I can't get back into my same habits. So it's like, I haven't been active on social media cause I don't care right now. I haven't been doing that because it doesn't matter. Like it's like, I have to, finally learn how to take care of myself better than I have been because I haven't been. 
you know. So well, that's that, that's one thing as I always tell people: you have to go through struggle to learn how to go through struggle. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it, experiencing like they don't they don't teach you in school like how to go through hard shit. <laughs> you, no. you know, like. The, the only way how to learn how to go through hard things is to go through hard things. And that's, it's, it's, it's a, it's a sad truth. And I have to tell a lot of people that, cause I, I don't think a lot of people have ever been through hard things, so they never really get to learn. And then, you know, everybody's level of hard is different based on what they've experienced in life. Yeah. So like in reality, you know, what could be something, you know, so simple for somebody could be something ridiculously hard for another. So all struggles struggles equal. Yeah. All struggles equal at the end of the day, all trauma is equal. It's all equal. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, again, it's like, I have this issue where I disassociate for so long and then all of what I was supposed to be feeling for X amount of weeks since June for in this example hits me in the face with interest, right? Like yeah. I get shit on, right? In all ways, like insecurities came up and passed. It just, it's been a lot of, to figure out, right? A lot to navigate on top of still having to keep the lights on, so to speak, right? So my own personal endeavors had to take the back seat, right? As like I said, I, I think the biggest thing I learned in 2020 during COVID was trying to understand my value system in life, meaning like the things that genuinely matter the most to me. And I, I, I advise everybody to do this, like take some time, sit down, write down the five things that actually matter the most to you. And then write down the five things that you spend the most time doing day to day, week to week, and that you dedicate the most attention to and see if they line up. And if they don't, you need to look at reprioritizing things, right? And that's what I had to do where it was like training and everything left because it wasn't making me happy anymore. It was causing me more anxiety and stress than it should, as it should be an outlet for me. Whereas loved ones became the first five most important things to me and everything else had to go, right? And that's where I've been. So that guys is why we haven't been here for a little bit. Like, We've both been dealing, you know, navigating life, right? As, as we all do. Yeah. So, um, but we're back now. Appreciate everybody for being patient. I've gotten a lot of messages and I'm like, ah, we'll, we'll get back to it in due time. Um, it's just like, we just, it's been crazy. And also like too, on top of that, man, it's like we record Mondays and Tuesdays and it's like the last Monday and Tuesday of the last three weeks, something has happened to either of us where yeah. it's just like, we, we can't, we're not doing this right now. So, um, yeah. But to segue off of that very introspective uh, Chris mental health conversation, um, we're going to talk about how bodybuilding is a privilege. So yeah. let's, let's get Which into it. Overall, it's going to turn into exactly what we said, you know. Yeah. Overall, at the end of the day, getting into fitness or getting into bodybuilding is a privilege. Um, it's something very few people can actually do. You mean, like, you think about it. We're, we're literally choosing to put on copious amounts of muscle by eating extra amounts of food or cutting to extremely low body fat levels by controlled starvation. So when you think about this, not many people even have the resources to do so. Um, I think of, you know, people in our own country, people in other countries, like if you told them you did bodybuilding, they'd be like, Oh, you get to eat food six times a day. 
mm-hmm. like and when you really think of something like that it really puts you in perspective of how good we have it to even have what's, the ability to do this what's even take it a step further back fitness as a whole is a privilege like let's yep. break down what 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 we're doing in the gym let's break down working out if i was to explain to somebody what working out was who had never understood the concept you are doing fake work to feel better about yourself at the end of the day. That's what working out. You are doing fake work, effort, physical work to in return, feel better about yourself. Whereas a hundred years ago in the 1920s, bodybuilding didn't exist because we as society all worked manual labor jobs. And the last thing we wanted to do was go work out because it didn't exist, right? Like this is a luxury at the end of the day. You know, we have, like you said, we have the privilege to do this, meaning financially we can afford to eat six meals a day. You know, we have the ability to afford a gym membership and supplements and all these other things. But also, we also have the physical ability, meaning like we have the, the physical privilege to be able to go do fake work for hours a day, right? Yeah. Like, when I'm bodybuilding and the end of a show prep, I'm in the gym four or five hours a day. That means I have the privilege to do so. You know what I mean? Like, yep. and it's like, it's, it's, this, again, it's this hard conversation, right? Cause again, we go back to like, I have love and I wouldn't even say hate necessarily for your bodybuilding, but it's like, I love this so much, but I can also recognize kind of how silly it is, but I still love it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I understand it is, it is goofy at the end of the day because I'm exercising I, for fun to be judged. What I, what I realized too, man is uh, not everybody in bodybuilding, but a lot of people will get into fitness and get into bodybuilding have went through some sort of trauma or, you know, problem with addiction or something else in their life. And that becomes their escape. Um, it's kind of like our privilege of being able to get away from the real world and, you know, have a goal and it becomes almost our new addiction. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how many clients I've worked with that have went from, you know, being addicted to heroin or cocaine or meth or, you know, something of the sort to getting into bodybuilding and it saved their entire life. Yeah. And got them into a much better headspace, gave them goals again, gave them a reason to be alive. And it's really cool to think about that because, you know, a lot of people don't know the history behind some of these people's lives that, you know, they see step on stage or they see with these bodies that they built, but it comes from, you know, being in a bad past experience sometimes where the only thing they have left is the gym. Yeah. Yeah. I I can attest to a lot of that, man. I mean, like I said, I was a kid who was bullied for most of my youth and I, first time I picked up a barbell was the first time I felt empowered, right? It was like the first place I could actually put an out, like be an outlet for me. Right. And then obviously like my goals continued to grow as I grew and changed, but like I was an addict too. Like this helped me get out of the bullshit I was doing when I was in high school. Right. I was just a a shitty kid who was like choosing to self-destruct with drugs and alcohol because I didn't understand my depression and anxiety and anything else. And then bodybuilding just became a better opportunity for me to like obsess and be and become addicted to that, right? Yeah. So it's like that's why I'm here. Yep. 
the same reason for me, man. You know, I was 18 years old, getting in a bunch of trouble. I was, you know, selling selling weed and uh, hanging out with a bunch of people that you know are now dead, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. But it's like if I didn't get into fitness, that could have been me as well. And I always like to mention that to people. It's like what people ask the question, "What got you into fitness?" And it was like I needed to get into something that was considered hanging around more healthy people and people with goals. Because if I would have continued down the same road that I was going down the same path, I may not be here today. Yeah. And I look back and a lot of my friends that were back in that day that I had to unfortunately get rid of, or, you know, separate myself from are no longer here today. And I wonder like, what if I would have mentioned getting into fitness to them too, or what if they would have done this and that's what saved my life? What if they did this too and realized what it could have done for their mental health and how far it could have taken them as far as, you know, their, their career path. And I, if you asked anybody back in the day when I was, you know, in high school between 15 and 18 years of age, if I would be a bodybuilding coach these days, or if I would be training athletes and telling people how to get in shape, nobody would have guessed that. But me literally getting into fitness changed my entire life yeah, and the whole entire outcome of my life and brought me to where I am today. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and that's why I go back and forth, man, because it's like, I also know where my roots come from within this and why it matters so much to me. Like why like die trying is even a thing. It was this revelation that I had in 2020 where like I said, like I've, I, so my entire life, I've been neurotically obsessed with whatever it may be. Okay. Like I get it from my dad. He's an electrical engineer. And I watched him my entire life just be obsessed with really bizarre hobbies, but that's just how it was. And I thought it was cool. Like he just loved stuff. And that's how it was for me. Like no matter what the outlet was, the hobby, I was ever consumed with it. Right. It was like there, I couldn't, there wasn't enough knowledge uh, or information for me to absorb about whatever it was like it was what I spent every waking moment doing and it took me a long time to realize that and I, I used to be I think like embarrassed of it in a certain regard because I was made fun of for it and like a lot of judgment was casted towards me for whatever it would have been whether it was my parents or friends or whatever you know everybody like, that's why are you doing so much of this whatever and so And then in 2020, like after a relationship, like there was a conversation of like, you just care too much about bodybuilding, right? That was like basically the conversation that ended the relationship. And I was like, okay, okay. And so like, I was, I remember I was driving to Chattanooga and like, I was kind of having like this conversation with myself and it was like, at the end of the day, whatever passion, whatever hobby I've had in my life through my struggles with mental health ultimately those things have given me purpose, right? They've given me the will to live. And so I remember saying to myself, I was like, okay, if this, in this case, bodybuilding in my current chapter of life is what is giving me the will to live. Why would I not be willing to die trying for it? Right. And that's where die trying came from. Like, that's my why. And so I remember that like deep down in my core, that's what it is to me. But then it's like, there's still these moments where it's like, like we said, the last two weeks where it's like body, Body. And that's hard for people to understand is like, there's, you are able to love and hate this. You are able to do it as obsessively as you want or mm-hmm. take a week or two off. That is fucking okay. I promise you. Like as someone who is trying to get yeah. out of this hole that I'm in, 
I promise you, it's fine. You don't have like, there was not a moment in the last two weeks that I felt bad about what I was doing because I knew I needed it. Like I knew this was me finally, like some, yeah. something in my brain said, Hey, asshole, stop. You know, like I, I just had to pump the brakes because I was just, I mean, I was just driving off the edge at this point, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's something I always like to tell people is like, fitness is one thing you have control over in all aspects, you know, like you can choose how often you go do cardio. You can choose everything that you put into your mouth and feed your body. You can choose how you train, what, what type of specialization of training you want to do. There's so many different ways to do this, but overall it, it is one of the only things we do have control over is our health. And yeah. It's definitely something to think about because it's like I see so many people that they don't care about their health and the way they're living until something tragic happens. Like they go to the doctor and the doctor tells them they're a diabetic now and they are going to have to take insulin or they have a heart attack or a stroke. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to accept that they can control these health these health benefits from you know choosing what they consume until they're told that they may die which is crazy yeah. to me i don't know how many clients i've gotten and i've changed their entire life by teaching them okay this isn't as bad as i thought <laughs> you know like it's a lot of people think like dieting for fitness is like chicken and rice, chicken and rice and boring. And it's like, no, no, you can, you know, consume stuff that you like and portion control and really enjoy this lifestyle and change your whole entire outlook on life by just deciding to try it. Yeah. Like at, at the end of the day, like, and I have empathy in both regards, right? I grew up morbidly obese. I get it. For a long time, I thought I was just big boned and had bad genetics and could never look the way that I do. And I didn't start changing until I started changing, meaning I didn't start like physically changing until I started changing what I was doing. And so that's why ultimately why I became a coach in the first place, but I lack not empathy in a certain regard because I do get it, but I lost a hundred pounds at 15 years old on my own without a coach, yeah. without a trainer without any understanding of what I was really doing, I just started trying at the end of the mm -hmm. day, right? Like I didn't follow a strict diet. I, did, I just tried to figure it out. And lo and behold, I did. And then I gained all that weight back. And then I did it again. I didn't get my first coach until 2019. And I say that because yeah. I, 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 and I, I know we all say, it's like, dude, if I can do it, you can do it. But that's like actually the fucking case of the matter. It's like, yeah. I figured it out at 15 by myself, no yeah. help. Didn't even go to a gym. I worked out in my parents' garage, right? With a Marcy vinyl set and did push-ups. And that was all I did. I didn't have anybody to help me. And I figured it the fuck out by myself. Yeah. You can figure it out and you can really figure it out. If you pay a coach, I promise you, oh, you yeah. can really figure Dude. it out at that point. I remember, I remember my first time working out all I had was my, my dad had a Bowflex and some adjustable dumbbells in our basement. And that's what I used. And I, I figured out how to use it. I tried different workouts and, you know, but I remember I was just trying to get more muscle because I was such mm -hmm. a skinny kid. You know, I started off at like 
I graduated high school at 98 pounds. And I mean, I know we've talked about this before. If I start off the spectrum of like, I literally looked like an anorexic stick figure. And, you know, at school, people would always be like, are you sick? Like, are you addicted to drugs? And, you know, I, I was very bad off with my health. And I wasn't happy. You know, I was depressed all the time. I didn't feel good. I didn't know what to do. But you know, I tried, I got into the gym, I started researching what to eat. I remember I hired uh, my first coach when I was like 17, because I was trying to put on weight. And I remember I just learned how to eat. And that that was really what started this all for me is I learned what consuming food could do for your body and do for how you feel. And it's crazy because I don't feel like a lot of people ever get to experience the the lifestyle change of, you know, just consuming enough calories to to live life. And the fact that we can do that at all is so awesome to think about because, you know, there there are people that can't afford food. There are people that can't afford nutrients. And that, that's just the fact of the matter. So if you have the ability to do this or afford food, and you're choosing to, you know, be gluttonous or just destroy your internal body. It's 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 really something to think about because it's it it's like we said, the one thing you have the privilege over to be able to control to make yourself into a better person in one way or another. And that doesn't always mean, you know, f- from a physical standpoint, it means from an internal internal physical health. Like you don't have to look you know, like a a Greek God, but by controlling what you put in your body, you can actually, you know, have more energy, your libido can go up. Um, You can have overall more confidence, you can, you know, run around with your kids longer if you have kids, like, so many positives. That's the thing, man, is like, so my, where I am now, how I look, was never really the first goal. Right. And and I was, I was talking um, to this guy at the gym about it, right. Where when I was obese, I just wanted to look normal. Right. I just wanted to look like a normal, you know, 16 year old dude. I just, I didn't want to be 270 pounds anymore. And that was my first goal. And I checked that off and then my goal changed and then my goal changed and it kept changing. My goals kept continued to change and evolve as I've continued to change and evolve. But originally I just wanted to feel better and not look so bad. That's all it was. And that's all it can ever be. That can be your whole goal. Awesome. You're in control of making it happen. There's enough education out there to understand basic principles, right? It's just a matter of wanting to do it. Like ultimately this is the vessel. Like I'm in what I've got for the rest of my life and I only get one of them and that's fucking it. It's like, I get to decide how little or how much I want to take care of myself in those regards. We all do. He's like, I, I listen again, as someone who's had the victim mindset growing up, I was fully in control of how I looked. I just didn't know that. Right. I didn't know that eating, you know, family sized bags of Lay's potato chips and drinking two liters of Mountain Dew all day isn't going to help me fix my quote unquote big bones that I had at the time. Um, I think we just have to remember that it's like, ultimately we are all choosing to do this. And it goes back to the same conversation we've had. You don't have to step on a stage. You don't have to finish out your show prep if you don't feel mentally prepared. You don't have to push a tons of food if you don't want to grow. 
you don't have to do any of that. And that's okay. But ultimately, like your destiny is your decisions. At the end of the day, that's all it yeah, is. That's it. It's all about decisions, man. Like I, I had a, a guy that started with me a while back and, you know, he was doing pretty good. And then he had to go to the hospital for like a family member because they had high blood pressure. And then he told me because they went to the hospital, they decided to go have McDonald's afterwards. And I was like, okay, so you had high blood pressure so your idea was to afterwards go eat something horrible for your for your body. So I asked, I was like, what did you have to eat? And they ordered like a Big Mac and a large fries. And I was like, okay, so because somebody in your family had high blood pressure and you were low on time, you decided to go order the worst thing possible from McDonald's. When you could have, you know, ordered just a chicken sandwich with no fries and that could have been your meal. So it's crazy to me whenever like, you know, people are making decisions where they decide to completely not think about their health at all. And we're back. There you are. Yeah, we're back now. Here we are. We're recording. Chris accidentally exited out, I think. <laughs> no, it like it like said there was a hardware issue and it just kicked off and started the recording. We we have the first file though. We're we'll be fine. Just what else would you yeah. fucking expect from the from the modcast at this point? Yeah, even when we've got we got new software too, and it's actually much better. But we're still trying to figure it I out don't, because we're slow. Yeah, I'm slow. Um, but to kind of, I mean, if you continue your point though, because um, I have something to add to it. Yeah, you know, it's just like if you you have these availability to make all these choices, like especially in the United States of America, you can literally go out to any food place and you can order something healthy nowadays. But there's also something extremely fattening in every restaurant. So my question is, like, if you have issues with high blood pressure, why would you order something horrible for you when you can order something, you know, decently healthy? And it's like, I don't know why he wouldn't know not to do that. But I've had a I had one situation similar where one of my this was a guy I used to work with. He forgot to pack meal two for the day and he went to Buffalo Wild Wings and he got 30 wings. And that's what he ate for a second meal of the day. I was like, why? There's so many other options that I can think of right now that are way more viable than eating 3,200 calories worth of wings in one sitting. That's how much they're like 115 calories a piece or something. And it's like, you could have gotten anything else on the menu. You could have went anywhere else and you had the tools but you decided to make an excuse to go do what you wanted to do for like instant satisfaction. That's really what it comes yeah. down to. That's the thing. It's, it's like, like, I remember when I mentioned to this guy, I was like, you know, you could have ordered something healthier instead of, you know, him responding. He literally just never talked to me again. Instead of using it as like a time where it's like, Hey man, you know, this is a privilege. You get to do this. Just, just making better decisions. 
he literally just quit completely. And, you know, what's going to happen now is I guarantee you this person's going to continue to eat horrible, make bad decisions. And then 10 years down the road, they're going to go to the doctor themselves and they're going to have some kind of horrible health issue and they could have prevented it. Yeah. And there, it is a game of balance, right? But it's like, at the end of the day, I mean, I could right now, if I wanted to DoorDash McDonald's to my apartment, have it in 11 minutes and just ruin my whole day, yep. right? But that's not what I want anymore, where I'm now, and that's another point too, like the last couple of weeks, I've only really craved like, quote unquote, healthier food, because every time I eat shitty food, I feel like shit and I get heartburn my digestion sucks for like two days. So now it's like, I'd rather just enjoy what I know isn't going to hurt me really bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but that's taken me a decade to have, and I still struggle with it, right? Like there's still moments where I'm like, yeah, whatever. Barbecue sounds good. Probably shouldn't do that, Chris. But like, so I can, I, I speak of this from experience and I, and I play devil's advocate for conversation's sake. I get it, but I still also have to keep myself in check because- Again, I'm choosing to do this in order to have my goal that I do. There are things that are non-negotiable that I have to do, including the decisions I make every day about my food choices. Yeah. And that's just what I accept. And if I don't want it, if I don't want to do that, then I accept that that's not my goal or that I don't want it as bad as I think I do. Because I have to want, I have to want to eat every meal and do every set and do everything that I'm fucking supposed to on a daily basis. I have to want those individual things as bad, if not worse than the goal at the end of the day, because I'll never get there if I don't want those things as bad. No. Which, which leads to back to, you know, we talk about discipline. It's all about just making disciplined decisions. You know, you can, you can always choose the horrible food. You can always go have a Snickers bar because you know we have access to shit like that you can always eat 10 cupcakes the the what kind of cupcakes is, i would my favorite type of cupcake is yellow cake with chocolate icing Ooh, that's a good one do you do you do the thing where you break off the bottom half and put it on the top to make a sandwich no but those, that is a cool idea and i've seen that but i don't do Thanks. that um yeah. but you know i could i have 10 cupcakes but it's often you know the choice of having one. Like, for example, at the wedding this past weekend, they had McGee's Donuts, which if anybody's ever been to Lexington, Kentucky, McGee's Donuts are, it's a place to go. It's the best donuts probably I've ever had. If you like yeast donuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the one thing I wanted to have was a, a singular donut. So I had me a chocolate glazed donut. And, you know, because of that, I ate a smaller dinner. And I made sure, you know, that I did not overconsume all sorts of other foods because I knew I wanted to, that was my main treat I wanted to have over the weekend. And mm-hmm. I could have easily had five or six of those donuts, but I decided to only have one. <laughs> and it's like, that made a, the, a whole difference in my whole thing is because, you know, on Monday after this long weekend, I checked my weight and I was already in a new low. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, granted, I, we go back to your wedding and see how many donuts I took home with me, but that's beside the point, you know? Um, but no, that's, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like at the end of the day, it's like, and I understand, like I, I'm an emotional eater. I'm just an emotional person in general. And it is something that I still am figuring out every day. 
And I get, I've done it many times where I've chosen to eat my emotions. And I promise as someone who continues to do it, it doesn't help fucking anything, right? Because the way I describe it like post-show, because that's obviously kind of in context to what I'm discussing with my mental health. You, you prepare for a bodybuilding show, right? And as you're going, the leaner you get, the more you're posting because you like how you look more and more. And for me, I post more and more stuff and I get a lot more reassurance. Whereas I don't necessarily post in the context of seeking affirmation for gratification because as you know, words of affirmation don't do anything for me. They don't compute in my brain. But it does provide reassurance that I'm looking the way I'm supposed to in that context. And so the more you post, the more you post, the more you post, the closer to show, the more gratification, the more reassurance, whatever you may be getting. And then show day comes and goes, and then it's gone, right? You've, you've, it's like this, you, you develop an appetite for affirmations in a certain regard, whether you realize it or not. And then you're gone. It's two days after the yeah. show. Nobody fucking cares anymore. Especially if you if you place twelve, nobody really fucking cares, and so then you have this void of affirmations that's no longer there that you're not going to receive, and you your goal is your the mountain you've summited. You're at the bottom of the next one. You're looking at the next one, looking up on Jesus Christ, and so you have all these voids kind of occurring at the same place. There's a lot of empty space, and what's the one thing that you haven't been able to do? this whole time that makes it kind of feel good in the moment is eat because you haven't been able to. And you're like, Oh my God, you eat a post-show cookie and you're like dopamine. What's that? I haven't seen that in a long time. And so your brain immediately goes, this is what I want because it makes me feel good because you aren't feeling good in other ways. And also because you're so calorie deprived, your brain wants to talk you into doing this to get more body fat on you. Well, now you're in a position where your body fat's going up as it needs to but you're not liking how you look anymore. So then that void continues to fill because now there are insecurities and body dysmorphia. So it's like, and this is why I tell people, and this is why I speak about this because it's fucking confusing for me, right? I'm still trying to figure it out. The one point I take from this is like, and again, this is not to discourage anybody. You cannot, I don't know that you can be prepared for post-show and how you're going to respond. I've competed four times and I've every time it's been different how I've responded post-show. You can't prepare for it. It's not going to be easy. I think a post-show diet is harder to stick to than a pre-show diet, personally. Yeah. The biggest thing I tell people, and this is why I don't take people for short-term preps, stay with your coach and talk to your coach. And I would say talk yeah. to a therapist. Like you cannot, you cannot do this on your own as somebody who continues to try to do it on his own because I'm prideful and stubborn as shit. You cannot do this on your own period. It will kill you. Yeah. One thing, one thing I think is a lot of people get super stressed out, uh, which I always tell people whenever I'm stressed out, I take clinical labs, cortisol blocker. I do feel like that helps me a lot, especially in the off season. Oh, look, <laughs> look what we got here. Yeah, but uh, you know, like I will take four caps in the morning and four caps in the evening whenever times where I'm super stressed because it does help me because that's a lot of people's way of you know coping with stress is they eat. Mm -hmm. Um, and I found as long as you're keeping your stress down, which you can do because this has you know L-theanine, phosphate adenosine in it, all sorts of things to help ashwagandha, 
to help lower your stress levels and lowers your cortisol levels. So I do think that is something that I would suggest for anybody coming out of show. Because like Chris said, it is harder than the actual show prep. First off, because you don't have a goal date in mind anymore. You're kind of like, I'm done. Why am I doing this to myself? And that's not the way to think. And unfortunately, because it is more important to even keep control of your health after a show. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting, man. And it's like, I'm still trying to learn the best approach, how to work with people through it with, you know, in their cases with my athletes. And it's like, everybody's just different. Right. But it's like, I don't, I I hate seeing how many, like, I love how many younger athletes are getting into the sport. I hate how many of them are going into this very naive as to what could come. Now I'm not going to say it's, it's guaranteed. It's not destined per se, but it's possible. And that's the thing is like, how do you prepare for it? Like, how do you prepare? Like when you're sitting there just eating an immense amount of food and like, I've done it where like, I've, I didn't do it after this show granted, but like in the past where I'm like sitting there eating and I've like said out loud, like, I don't want to eat this anymore and I'm still eating. Right. That's a very confusing place to be in where like, you no longer have control and you are fully aware of it, but you don't know how to stop. So yeah. Yeah. It's, that's some weird shit, man. I think it's kind of funny too. Uh, I wanted to talk about this, how bodybuilding and fitness is kind of like taboo in America in a way. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know about you, but like, I always say this, if you ever want to feel like you're in shape, if you've been, you know, working out or anything, or if you want to see like how in shape you are compared to the average American, go to like a Walmart. Yeah. Go to a gas station. Time. Go to yeah. a gas station because you will you will see how in shape you are very quickly. Go to a beach mm. because I, I will tell you, some of you that that are fighting and feeling like you're not as in shape as you think you are, go to a beach and you're going to quickly realize that if you train at all or diet at all, you are likely in shape more than 95% of America. And I think I think that a couple things with that. So I think that provided me a moment of gratitude with myself, which doesn't happen often where like, I don't necessarily love how I look currently, but I'm still not who I was when I was 15. So I've won that, right? Like I've won that fight, right? I'm not obese anymore and I'm not going to be, but like you said, dude, like we get into this and obviously like you check a box and you move on. And I'm one of those people, I fail to look at the boxes that I've checked in the past and pat myself on the back because there are a lot more boxes ahead of me that I want to check off. But like, at the end of the day, like, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way, in a majority of spaces that I occupy when I go to the grocery store, I'm usually the biggest person there. Like, that's cool or whatever, I guess. But like, I don't recognize that because I'm not, I'm like, well, I'm not a pro. I haven't won a pro show. I haven't done X, Y, and Z. I'm not here. I'm not there. But it's like, I always have to look back at like what I've accomplished in the last decade and recognize like, okay, I'm bigger than the average person. I look better than a lot of some people. I'll say some people. I won't say a lot of people because I'm not that full of myself, but like you go anywhere, dude. But that's also, I was having this conversation. Like, have you noticed, like I'm this way. I don't know. The bigger I've gotten, the baggier my clothes get. Yeah, like, I, I've like, I've, I remember back whenever I was like, you know, 21, 22, whenever I was really first getting like big, 
I would wear like a lot smaller shirts. And now like I wear clothing that is very, very large to the point where like I've had people tell me before whenever I post progress pictures are like, I did not know you were that big. And I'm like, same. <laughs> fucking, and I'm fucking like, yeah, same. I don't, the less, the bigger I get, the less I like to show it. Like I was going out to, um, I was going out to the store the other day and I had a tank top on. I looked at Laura and I was like, should I change and wear like a shirt? And she was like, yeah, you're probably going to get a lot of weird steroid comments. And I'm like, fuck yeah. And I don't like that attention anymore. I nope. don't like, I think nope. whenever I was younger, I thought it was cool to like, people would call you big or I'd be out and, you know, I'd be wearing a large when I should have been wearing an extra large and, yep. you know, cause it made my arms look bigger. Now I don't even want that attention. Like I- I've noticed no. that I, I like to be left alone and I, I appreciate when people ask me questions and like are respectful, but it's almost like you get to a point where you don't want to be noticed for your size. I, I it's like, I don't, need that external gratification anymore whereas when i was 18 and like 180 pounds and all my buddies thought i was jacked because i could bench press like 275 or something stupid like at that point i was doing the same thing i was wearing a shirt that was probably like a half size too small and i always had to stick my chest out and like but now it's like as i've gotten bigger i don't care but at the same rate i also don't want to be the center of attention anymore like i don't that's why like I'm wearing a 5XL t-shirt right now because it makes me feel comfortable because when I go out, I don't need, it's like, and maybe it's me assuming other people assuming, like I'm assuming of assumptions. I don't want people to assume that I'm trying to like be that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, I'm just not like that guy. Arrogant or anything. Like I remember when I was 21, when I first started going out to the bars, cause you know, that's what you do when you first turn 21. Um, I would wear like a large shirt and I remember I was maybe like 150, 160 pounds and people would be like, man, you're so huge. You're jacked. And I think about now where I'm like, you know, anywhere between 200 and 210 and I'm the same height. And I just feel like, what would they think about me now? Like, am I like gross now? Like, yeah. Am I just more in the way? Like, that's how I feel. Like, I don't even like to go out to places anymore because I just feel like I'm in the way. I, I won't go out like to a bar or anything unless I can sit down. I don't like standing yeah. and like scooting past people and stuff. And like, I'm not the biggest person on this planet, but like I've learned I'm larger, right? I'm like six, one and like anywhere from two thirty to two forty on whatever week it may be. And like, mm-hmm. I, I was having this car. I remember watching college football as a kid. And like they'd pull up like a tight end stats or like a defensive, you know, whatever defensive end. And it'd be like six one two forty, And I'd be like, as a kid, I was like, holy shit, they make him that big. But now that I'm like that big, I'm just like, cool, I guess. Like it doesn't like resonate the same way anymore. Cause I'm like, I, I'm the, like, I'll still see that stat. Maybe that's a big boy. And I'm like, wait, but that's also me. And I'm like, uh, yeah. but mm. you know, it's this weird thing, but I just don't. And it's changed, right? Like we said, like when I was 200 pounds, a lot of my friends were like, dude, you're huge. And it's like, I put on 40 pounds since. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's like this weird, it's a very weird paradox where it's like, I don't, the only time I like to feel big is when I'm in the gym. And that's for me. It's not even for anybody else. It's funny because I remember like after Laura won overall at her show last year in Florida, we went to Universal 
or or we went no we went to Disney Springs mm-hmm. and we were there and I remember like these four women who were all very very like you could tell they did not care about their health I'll put yeah. it that way they all looked at Laura and they said what the hell is that <laughs> and I was just like so to the point where you know like you you being a, a fit female is so like rare or being fit and in shape at all is so rare in America that people are like astonished by it. It's like they just saw an alien and, you know, well, like, yeah, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's like, it, you know, you don't expect the people to respond to you like that, but you know, being in shape is so it's just very uncommon. Like, like I said, it's taboo. Like, you know, in America, it's not common to see somebody with abs and a small waist and muscle. Yeah. And it's not really like thought of as like, um, like, you know, in Egypt, like, you know, big Rami wins the, uh, Olympia and they throw a whole entire parade yeah, and celebrate him. You know, here in America, it's like whoever wins the Olympia, I could ask, you know, most people on the side of the road, you know, who the current Mr. Olympia is. And they'd be like, I don't know what that even is. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very bizarre, man. And I think, and that's why I like, so when, when I go out with Barbie, we go anywhere, like, you know how like few, nobody acknowledges me because they see her and cause she's like jacked. They're like asking her questions or giving her affirmations or asking her how much she squats and nobody even fucking notices that I'm there. It's like, to me, it's nice. Cause I'm just like, I'm fucking, I'm whatever. I'm just here. Yeah. I'm like entourage at this point, you know, but like, especially like as a, a, like a muscular female, that's even far more taboo than like a, being a bigger statured guy. You know what I mean? Like it's just, this culture is different. Whereas like you look at the middle East or Europe, they are obsessed with bodybuilding at like a cultural level. Whereas yep. we're just not there yet, which is well, weird. So much more important over there too. But I mean, like, you know, I used to live in Germany as a kid and like, I even remember like portion sizes for meals. There are so much smaller. Like your meal there is what it's supposed to be. Like while in America, when they serve you a meal, it's like equivalent to something like a family of three should eat. And it's and then, like, and then, yeah. Yeah. You know, health is so much more important in other countries compared to us. So they, I think they respect more of like um, a healthy body than in America. It's like, all right, you're out of shape. That's normal. You go girl. Like, uh, which, which is, you know, teach their own, but it's like, it's so it's rare to see somebody in shape, especially in the female platform. Um, even more so that it's just like, almost like they think it's weird, <laughs> which yeah, I think it's wild. Well, it's like the same thing too. Is like you also see a lot of animosity in those cases. Like, oh, I know oh, a lot yeah, of, dude. like, I know a lot of girls who compete who get just shit on on social media for their appearance, mm-hmm. and it's like to me, it's like, like I said, I've always been. I've always had the most profound respect for any female competitor of any division, but especially when you're looking at figure women's physique and bodybuilding and now wellness, because these are like, like I'll say this, I will, I will die on this hill. There is not a harder worker on this planet than a majority of like national and professional level female competitors in any division period. 
Yep. Girls work Dude. harder than guys all fucking day long. On the, on the subject of this, I thought this was interesting the other day because it kind of hit me. But uh, I was looking at the results of a pro show that it was in. It was somewhere in the Middle East. I want to say it was in like Kuwait or like Iraq or something like that. But they had a pro show there. And I noticed that they only had male divisions. So, the, you know, they only had bodybuilding. They only had men's physique. They only had class physique. And this was at the amateur level. And then it hit me. The women over there are not allowed to compete. Holy shit. And the, yeah, so, well, I, guess I don't even think they're culture. allowed to train. Yeah. So, and, and then I was like, holy shit, that's another thing. Like, if you are a female living in America and you're not taking care of your body, you got to think about that. There's places in other countries you're not even allowed to, like, show off your body. It's insane. That's Which, insane. You no, know, that, that, that hit me because I was like, oh, man, like, I was thinking of it. And I was like, oh, like, and I started, like, researching and Googling. And I was like, oh, they're not allowed to. Like, there's not women's divisions existing there. That's crazy to think about. I Like, that's never even crossed my mind. But I understand, like, that. I don't, I'm not going to say I understand that culture because I'm not a part of it. So I don't want to like appropriate yeah, that. But like, different. you don't think about that as being a thing yeah. where you can't, like as a female, you can't go work out. Yeah. You know? And, you know, and that might be part of like a religion thing too. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not educated as much as I should be there. So if anybody corrects me, feel free, you know, but, uh, you know, you got to think about it though. There, there are some places where they're not even allowed to train, you know, that they don't have access to train or they're not allowed to um even even gyms and like what was it like the 1950s it was like not common for a female to even go work out like they're more meant to they're only doing like pilates and you know i, I don't know if you ever watched the old school like workout videos they have like the 1950s but it's literally them on like a on like a thing and it just shakes them shakes. the entire time yeah, yeah. make them have abs for like like there's stuff like that and them doing anything else was considered like manly or masculine and now I feel like it's becoming more common. Like I do recall whenever I first started competing, like, you know, bikini wasn't even around yet. Mm-hmm. Bikini was pretty new. Um, but, you know, bikini kind of set the regulations of like, okay, like everybody can compete on a female end in America. And then, you know, we have wellness now around, which wellness gives another whole nother genetically genetic group of females a place to compete. And then f- figures even becoming super feminine now. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, women's physique is even becoming more feminine now. And mm-hmm. it's all getting up to the level of like, I've even seen women's bodybuilders where that are like very feminine, elegant voices, mm-hmm. like very streamlined muscle. And it's becoming more and more common to see, which, which is really awesome in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, I love it, man. I think I, I, I like the direction that, the sports going in, especially from that, that side of things. Like, I think it's, it's finally kind of finding a good balance, right? Where I think for a couple of years, the envelope might've been pushed a little bit, but now we're kind of seeing it kind of fall back into like a better, better place for everybody. But it's something that should be celebrated. Like at the end of the day, like it's cool as fuck watching a lot of what these women can accomplish with their bodies, like both in a strength realm, but also in like a sport of, such as bodybuilding. It's really cool. And I think it's like, because it hasn't been embraced up until recently, I think we're just seeing kind of like the beginning capabilities of what a lot of these women can do. Yeah. Then there's more and more women getting into it. And I think like we're, we're seeing like, I have some girls, man, who have never thought about competing 
that are like genetic freaks that didn't even know like figure existed. And yep. now they're like trying out the poses and they're like, Oh wow. I didn't know I could look like this. This looks really cool. And I'm like, imagine how many other women are like this that just didn't know there was a place for them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, like I, I, dude, I know, I know some girls who drink every day and eat, chocolate cake for breakfast and look like they could probably win a show in six weeks if they just like worked out twice right like yeah again like we are and it's like as a society most guys especially like a younger age if you show any signs of being a genetic outlier from like a muscularity standpoint you were put in a gym quick Mm -hmm. right like middle school high school like you were put in a gym so statistically you're more likely to get it be put in an opportunity to be put in a position where you're able to uh capitalize on those genes because it's kind of recognized early on whereas a lot of these women that's not the case we're like that's not how society has been set up with like middle school and high school athletics where the only time i really feel like it's kind of a female is pushed in a certain direction is if they're really tall and they push them to volleyball or basketball but they're not putting them in a weight room right where it's like So we, I don't even think like from a physique standpoint in this sport, I think like, I mean, from here on out, but I think in the next like 10, 20 years, I think the sport's going to just like grow in a way that none of us are prepared for. Yeah. You know, and like, even now we're yeah. seeing like, uh, Whitney, uh, and I forget her last name and I apologize. Um, but she ha- she runs the Nashville fit show. It's a women's Whitney only Weiser. show here. Yeah. Whitney, Whitney Weiser. Savage. Yeah. Whitney and Whitney Savage. Ex- yeah. Excuse yeah. us. Congratulations to her and RJ both, but, um, you know, the Nashville fit show is becoming like a massive pro show. It's a big show because it's a women's only show. Like, do you think five years ago that was ever going to be a thing? That's the thing is like all the females go to that show now. That's what's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's like, I noticed that, uh, Nashville fit show was on the same day as one of the Kentucky shows and the female Mm -hmm. turnout at the Kentucky show was like minimal. It was weak, weak. And Nashville Fit Show is killing it, bro. Like, yeah, it's Whitney, awesome to see. Whitney's doing an incredible job, and she's very involved in the NPC in Tennessee. Like, she does a lot of good things for the sport locally. And so I'm, like, really happy to see that it's blown up the way it has. And, like, but I love the idea of that, too, like a women's only show. I think it opens up the opportunity for girls who want to compete but maybe don't feel necessarily as comfortable competing in a normal show, co-ed show. It allows them opportunity to feel a little bit more taken care of and a little bit, you know, safer, you know, whatever it may be more comfortable. And I think it's really dope to see. It's like, and that's like the first show that's done it. So there's going to be some other promoter out there who goes, okay, well, if they've been successful with it, I want to do it too. So we're probably going to see more of these shows pop up year after year, which is exciting. Yeah, I agree. Sports growing, man. It's awesome to see. Uh, I think more people are getting into fitness now too. I, I see no, no, time in our near future where people will fall out of fitness i think it's just going to get more and more prominent on the scene so Mm -hmm. yeah but say we wrap it up for today here yeah well guys we we love and appreciate all of you again i am very sorry that we've been absent for the last couple of weeks um and i do appreciate anybody who listens to uh me word vomit about how i'm a head case so uh with that being said we want to thank our lovely sponsors clinical labs and zilla meals um leave us a five-star review on spotify and apple Podcasts, please and thank you um and repost us we now have our own instagram page called the real modcast 
or you can find either one of us on Instagram. I am CP Legs. Tyler is Tyler Bedson. Talk to us, reach out to us, any questions, comments, or concerns, or anything that you guys want us to talk about, please let us know. And until the next time, thank you for listening to the Modcast. Yes. Thank you for listening. Boom.